Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? Got a word for you guys today. We record these shows in advance, and I just have to say, my heart is heavy for you guys uh, today out there. I love you, and I know that we all represent a story. We all we all have stuff, right? We all have stuff. I'm working on a new project, and I have been able to meet some incredible people. And it's really interesting in this job, I get to interview people and hear all their stuff. <laughs> but if you were to meet them out in public at, let's just say, Chipotle, and you were in line in front of them, it would not be obvious that they had this stuff in their life. And I want to just remind you today to walk in grace and to walk in just the love of the Lord. I am reading the four gospels before Christmas, and it's so interesting. You know, God's word never changes ever, but we do. And so when we read through the gospels, which I've read through multiple times, um, I am reading new things every every day, even, even verses that I have memorized, I will read on the page and be like, wow, I've never read it quite like that before. This is amazing. Yesterday I read, you have heard it said, do unto others as you would have them do to you. And I just kind of stopped me in my tracks in this new project that I'm working on. Um, that is in the scripture. How many of us do it? How do you want them to treat you? That is how you treat them. This is red letter Bible, y'all. This is red letter Matthew. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. So I encourage you before I get into what I'm going to talk about today, um, just that. As you meet people out and about today, as you're hearing my voice, um, remember that because you have no idea what people have gone through, what they're going through. Maybe they're rude to you, checking you out at wherever you're checking out at. Understand that it's probably not you. It's probably something that is going on in their life. And that's how it's coming out. It's coming out and them being rude. Love them anyway. Listen, look at Jesus. Look how he operated, man. People flock to him. That is what we should be doing as the salt and the light placed on purpose in this world. We should be treating others. I don't care who they are. I don't care what your beef it might be with them. Treating them how you want to be treated. Okay. That's my PSA for today. Um, as we move into the holiday season, I, um, I think this is a good uh, show to talk about. Um, we some, some sometimes the holiday season is amazing. I have four kids right now. We just put up our Christmas trees last night. Actually, we put up two. Actually, we put up three of one, two, three, four, seven of them. 
last night. I know we have seven. Dan, don't look at me like that. I know. It's overwhelming. I know. I know. He's rolling his eyes so hard. Just kidding. He's he's the nicest person you'll ever meet. Um, but we put up our Christmas trees last night, and um, it, it's just amazing to see my kids. It's, it's, a, it's a happy season for us, but not for everybody. And uh, sometimes we can go through the Christmas holidays and, and uh, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas Eve and all that kind of stuff, and, and we forget that some people are hurting. Some people are going through really difficult times. And this is for those people that might be asking this question, God, why did you allow this? I'm hoping to bring you some hope today. Emmanuel is amongst us today. I'm hoping to bring you some hope. God, why? Why? I don't get it. I don't understand. How could that happen? How could they betray me like that? How could they leave me like that? What am I going to do? God, why? Why did you, if you are so good, why would you let this happen? I feel like there is just cries going up to heaven that those that will hear this show today, they need, they need, you need a breath of hope. Why, God, is what you're saying. And God is saying, I have something greater for you. I'm going to work it out. I need you to trust me. I need you to understand that I am in control. I am engaged. I am aware. You need to trust me. Sometimes when bad things happen or when they come into our lives, it is the one thing that really challenges our faith. I've been in this situation multiple times in my own life. I don't try. I don't ask why. Um, very much anymore. I just trust. I've shifted my why to, you know what, God, you're going to work it out. <laughs> Most of the time, you know, early in my, my, um, my faith, I would ask why a lot. I do not get it. God, what are you doing? But as I have seen him continually come through, I don't ask why I, I rather than why I say, I trust you. This is not my problem. It looks like it's my problem. But it is not my problem. It is yours. But a lot of people get stuck. We get stuck right here. Why? Why did so-and-so have to get that disease? Why? And we get stuck. And we find ourselves in this mind. It's like we know we need to move past it. But what has happened to us is so incredibly painful that we just can't do it because every time we try to move past it, we're pulled back in by this yo-yo of magnetic power. We're pulled back into why. And you're stuck right here. And I'm going to say, just like I said in the show yesterday, um, this season is a good season to put this baby to bed 
and to move forward, to start something new, to start a new mentality, to start a new way of thinking. Stop with the why because you're never going to be able to figure out the mind of God. Some things we just do have to believe by faith that, you know what? I have no idea what that was going on there, but you know what, Lord? I trust it was for your good. Sometimes I think some people just need to hear this. You're never going to know. You're never going to know. There's been things that have happened in our life where I'm like, that was so weird and hurtful and horrible. And I still don't know why, but I don't have to. Because I trust that God will work it out on my behalf. Sometimes we begin praying for a dream or a goal or, oh, God, let this happen. Or, oh, God, let me um, experience this. And you start praying and you start asking God for something and it's almost like you, you're like, yes, this is it. I, I, um, I'm going to move forward with that ministry. I'm going to move forward with that relationship. I'm going to move forward. And your faith really, you start walking out your faith. You know, you start, start walking out. I'm going to pray to ask God to bless me with a new job or whatever. And all of a sudden, when your faith really gets some ground, when you, you step on that solid foundation, you step on that solid rock, all of a sudden, your life completely falls apart. I was talking to my sister-in-law this morning and I remember they were praying some crazy prayers, crazy, powerful, powerful prayers last year at the beginning of the year. And I remember her calling me and I would pray with her and I would be like, yes, I really believe that God is moving in this direction and we're praying for you. And it's almost like her faith started to uh, just just crystallize right in front of my eyes. Um, and then in July, my brother got into an almost fatal motorcycle accident. Here, all this stuff that we had been praying for, it almost seemed like, oh my goodness, everything was taken away from them. And there was a season, and I think she would tell you this if she had the microphone, where she was saying, what is going on here? What? Why? When you start getting serious about your faith and your life starts falling apart, let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not to get you stuck. Sometimes those things need to be stripped away from our lives so we can be repositioned to the place that we were actually praying for to begin with. I want to take you to my text today, and um, I'm actually going to take you. It, I, I have in my notes that I'm supposed to go to one place, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go um, somewhere else if I can actually find it really, really quick. Here we go. Uh, Genesis 37, it says this. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when he was 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. You know, the baby of the family. I got a brother. He's the baby of the family. And oh my goodness, my parents would never tell you. So don't tell them. 
but he is totally the favorite in our family. It's ridiculous. It's like Christmas time. I made David's favorite pie. And I'm like, where's my favorite pie? No, he's the favorite. The son of the old age. They, they get all the pie. Anyway, that was totally a side note. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him. By the way, I love my brothers. And could not speak to him on friendly terms. Yikes. Then Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And then Joseph said, please listen to this dream that I have. And he goes on with the dream. Joseph was getting so serious about his faith. I had this dream. I believe it is a prophetic dream. Maybe Joseph didn't know how much his brothers hated him. This is going to happen. And listen, I want you to listen to this dream. This is a really, really big deal. I can't believe I had this dream. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up, And also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Wrong thing to say to people who hate your guts. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And now guess what? Joseph has another dream. And he goes on. Here, Joseph is getting serious. He's believing these dreams that are God-given dreams. They're prophetic dreams that what God is going to do um, in, in, in the distant future. But as soon as he gets serious about this dream, his life falls apart. Okay. He ends up, um, uh, his brothers end up selling him into slavery. His brothers end up telling his dad that he's dead, takes the coat of very many colors back to the dad with blood all over it. And Hey dad, look, Joseph's dead. Sorry about ya. All the while when he was sold into slavery, Joseph goes into Potiphar's house. He's then betrayed and he is lied about and he's cast in prison. Then, uh, uh, the, 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 the two guys have, a dream in prison. Both of them forget about him. And then finally, Pharaoh has a dream and Joseph is remembered and it puts him in a position of um, influence in front of Pharaoh. When he interprets Pharaoh's dreams correctly, then he is promoted to number two in Egypt that just happens to have a drought and his brothers come in to ask for assistance. I'm going through this. He does, his brothers do not recognize him, but he recognizes his brother, brothers. And guess what? They are bowing down to him, asking for help. Listen here. It never says in the story of Joseph that Joseph, who had ample opportunity, you guys, to shake his fist at God and say, you gave me these dreams. Why? Why am I sold? Why was I sold into slavery? Why do my brothers hate me? Why am I being betrayed by Potiphar's wife? Why have I lost favor with Potiphar? Why, God? Why am I sitting in prison for years when I did nothing wrong? 
Why was I forgotten? Why? It never says one time in the text that Joseph shook his fist at God, which leads me to believe that Joseph trusted him. He trusted the God that gave him the prophetic dream that one day the brothers would bow down. Let me tell you something. All of that stuff, all all that navigating in Joseph's life, it had to happen. How in the world do you think that homeboy Joseph in the backfield shepherding a flock, how do you think the dream that God gave him, those couple of dreams that God gave him, how do you think that those would happen? In what planet does the younger sibling rule over the family? Not many. God had to take him through a series of events that would crush most of us, that would have us shaking our fist at God and saying, why did you do this to me? Betrayal, uh, lies, uh, slavery. I mean, all sorts of things. And it would have a shake in our fist at God. But God was repositioning Joseph. You look at his track record and you think, man, that is incredibly unfortunate. Really? Or is it incredibly fortunate? Because it was the only place that would have landed him right with the audience of authority in front of Pharaoh. Where Pharaoh, the number one in the land, is looking to Joseph, a prisoner, and asking for his advice. On what planet does that happen? Not this one. This is a supernatural transportation. This is a supernatural transporting God from the field to the palace. Sometimes in our lives, we are so quick to get stuck in an unfortunate event. We get stuck there. We can't, we just can't handle, why would Potiphar's wife lie on me? I did not try to seduce her. Why in the world would I be betrayed? Why would I be rejected by my own family? Why would I be kicked out of my own family? Why, 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 why? And we get stuck and we harp there and we sit there. And sometimes we sit there for 10, 20, 25 years. We are held captive by our, um, our minds that are stuck on a situation. And God wants to tell you, listen, this is trans transportation. You got stuck somewhere that I just wanted you to walk through. You're on a journey for those dreams to be fulfilled. You're on a journey. And the only way that I can get you there sometimes is by removing things from your life. Listen, could Pharaoh, uh, uh, Joseph had met Pharaoh in the field. I guess if Pharaoh was riding a donkey through his field. He could have, but that's not what God wanted. God had to strip away the family. He had to strip away Joseph's pride. He had to strip away the uh, uh, the favor even that he had with, with Potiphar to get him in a position uh, uh, to be able to offer advice to Pharaoh and God give Joseph favor so that he could interpret his dream correctly. It was transportation. He was not made to get stuck in any of those places. And when we get stuck in those, we hinder our transportation. 
But God is awesome, and he can do whatever he wants. And God is a God of grace. And oh, man, is he? Because <laughs> I need it. <laughs> but let me tell you something. To those of you that are tuned up, turned on, listening today, because you know you're stuck. You can't forgive. You can't move forward. And you're asking God, why did you allow this? What if he had to do it to transport you to the original prayer that you had years ago? I cannot tell you how many times in my life that I've been praying, praying, and I believe God has given me a word and then a thousand terrible things happen. And I look at my life and I think, okay, I could freak out right now. I could really get stuck here. But I'm going to trust you, Lord, that that thing that you told me to pray for, that dream that you gave me, that vision that you gave me, I'm going to trust that even through this rejection, this hurt, this frustration, these things that, that are coming at me right now, I am just being transported to where you want me to be. I find it so fascinating that Joseph didn't get stuck. And this is how we know he didn't get stuck. He didn't turn his back on God. He didn't question God because this is what he said to his brothers after their father Jacob had died. He said this. Then his brothers came also to him and fell down before him. Interesting. This is the direct dream being manifested in Genesis 50 and said, behold, we are your servants. They hated him. He could have hated them, but he didn't. But Joseph said to them, oh, I am obsessed. Do not be afraid. For am I not in God's place? I know you're afraid because of what you did to me. I know you're afraid because... Everything I've been through has been incredibly horrendous. I know you're afraid because you feel guilty. But am I not in God's place? Joseph recognized and he understood so clearly that his life was transportation from the origin of his dreams until where he was standing that moment. He did not get stuck. And in the famous verse, we all know this verse. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this, this moment, this present result, what I am witnessing right now. You meant it for evil. But I was being transported by God in order to bring about this second where you're bowing down to me, asking for forgiveness, but you don't have to because I recognize it for what it is. It was my train ride. It was my plane ride. It was my car ride. It was my bus ride. It was my taxi cab to get me to this present moment. And let, let, the last part of that verse that says this, to preserve many people alive. Listen, brothers, this wasn't about you. This isn't about you. God had me on a journey. So to those of you right now 
You're, you're freaking out. You're freaking out. You're stuck. You're so mad you can hardly see straight because of what God allowed. This holiday season. Shift your eyes. Shift your perspective. Shift your mind. To listen, yep, I could get stuck here. But I'm trusting that God is transporting me through these rough events because he is taking me where I prayed for initially. I'll tell you, with my brother, and I know I've talked about his um, accident uh, several times, it was terrible what happened to him. But he was put in a position of his church of great honor and great authority. And he once said years ago, I will never preach a sermon. I'm a worship pastor. Guess what, Dan? He just preached last week. God shifted his life to bring about things that I know he's wanted, prayed for, we prayed for, he's experiencing now. So yes, it may look hard, but I'm telling you what, God is so faithful and so trustworthy. Be patient and trust his way. Love you guys. I hope this encouraged you today. I'll see you next time right back here on The Autumn Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.